0: Hello, Erica.
1: Hello, Stephen. Thank you for hitting me in the face of the microphone.
0: I didn't know where you were. The the blue light on our microphone blinds me sometimes, and it kind of blinded me there. I apologize. It is Boxing Day, though, so I suppose (laughs) me hitting you on the chin is appropriate.
1: Depth perception is hard. Happy Boxing Day, by the way. Yeah,
0: Happy Boxing Day. How was your experience of this Canadian, or I should say Commonwealth holiday known as Boxing Day?
1: Well, we had our Christmas dinner with your family belatedly Unboxing Day, so it just felt like Christmas.
0: That's true, it did, even though all the uh, the radio stations that have been playing Christmas music up until now have, have abruptly switched back to their normal A C D C DC, and other stuff, so it's kind of like we're fading back to normal now.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. And back to normal, more Doctor Who.
0: More Doctor Who, The Moonbase, Episode 3, animated once again, mm-hmm. um... Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this uh, okay. Yeah. I I realized that in the last one when we were talking about the whole um, Polly makes coffee thing, I think I was conflating uh, this episode and the previous episode and like the things that I had heard. Because for some reason I had it in my head that Polly was like that I had heard that Polly was super amazing in the moon base, and then I saw the last one and I was like, all she did was do what the doctor asked her to do and make coffee, which you know isn't a bad thing, but isn't a super awesome thing. Here is where she's really awesome. I now I remember hearing that it was her idea to you know nail varnish remover, nail polish remover to mm-hmm. to those uh, well those in the states at least um, who had the idea like yeah, maybe it'll maybe it'll dissolve plastic like this is all her this is this is a, a classic poly. Polly move you know coming up with a plan and seeing if it works and and following it through and and it does and it's awesome and yeah this is this is the Polly episode I've been waiting for
0: it was pretty good and then of course you know Ben being Ben says Polly stay here this is Maine's work he says
1: yeah Yeah, but then he rolls over pretty fast when she when she comes along and she's like no no, I'm coming that's the end of it and you know Jamie's trying to talk her out of it and Ben's just like well if you're coming just come so like he's it's it's amuses me a little bit because he's still he's still sort of you know 60s macho sailor guy but he's been traveling with Polly long enough to realize well you know what yeah like he it's it seems like a veneer honestly at this point like it's just it's automatic for him but he's learned So, yep, come along, Polly. He's fine with it.
0: A little bit, though. He and Jamie sort of, like, get like, oh, don't worry. She'll be impressed by you and all that. And they nearly come and, like, have a fight.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think that was, I mean, not being able to see what the, actors are doing it's hard to know exactly how they're playing it it's pretty clear how how ben is playing it i mean i totally ship ben and polly and i think that you know they've been together since the beginning they had chemistry way back from you know the inferno the club that uh the club that they met in for the first time in the war machines and yeah he's totally he's totally got the hots for her so you know it, Jamie's not a bad-looking guy. He mm-hmm. wanders in in his sexy kilt if you're into that sort of thing, which I'm not. Um and and yeah, so like I'm not I am not surprised or even terribly disappointed that he is a little being a little bit territorial about Polly. Like it just it's it fits with his character and it um sort of g- gives me more um more ammunition for shipping them, I guess. <laughs>
0: I suppose so. Um, one thing you wanted to mention last episode was kind of brought up this episode where uh, Benoit sort of says something, but uh, but you were all killed or something like that, and there was something that happened. In the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last episode that that you wanted to say.
1: Yeah, because I had forgot we were <laughs> we're in bed. I was about to fall asleep, <laughs> and I snapped my fingers really loud. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you were like, "What? What just happened?" And it, it, was, it was because I had remembered a thing that I forgot to say on the last episode, and that was when the doctor and Ben and Polly are telling um, Hodge
0: Hobson
1: Hob- Hobson, telling him that uh, that they think it was the Cyberman. Polly thought she saw a Cyberman. Instead of being like, "What's a Cyberman?" you have Hobson being like, "But the Cybermen were all killed years ago." I love that the cybermen you know visited earth mondas came close it was like that was a big deal of course you know everybody on the earth would know about it and guess what they didn't all forget about it they don't think it was just some sort of a legend mm-hmm. it's actually a piece of human human future history that people are probably taught about in school and they remember and oh thank goodness the cybermen were defeated and and yeah i just thought that was really neat because for so long especially in in new who we'd have all kinds of alien menaces happening and then people just sort of forgetting about it or not noticing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And here, it's just sort of a matter of fact. I mean, which is, yeah, it's easy to do that because it's far enough in the future that you don't have to fit it into our current timeline, but it was just a neat thing.
0: It's also like almost 90 years in the past for them as mm-hmm. well because the 10th plan took place in 1986 is, is 2070 so like it's sort of like they don't know they haven't personally encountered nope. cyber but they certainly read about it and learned about it
1: yep exactly yep. it's cool mm-hmm. that's neat that that you know there's no reason that human memory would have mm. would have forgotten their like w- nearly world-ending encounter with mm. uh creatures from outer space. So, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that there's that sort of, you know, Earth history continuity.
0: Although I'm betting you that there's probably a whole chunk of the population that never bothered to learn... <laughs> Or you know, just like World War Two now, essentially, like you know as as history goes on, and people sort of like learn less and less about things, i am wondering if there's a similar sort of like cyberman deniers out there and stuff like <laughs> that that uh, never believed, because really, when you look back at the tenth planet they they invade uh the east, uh, Antarctic base, thank you, and then of course, Mondas comes near, but like there's a whole chunk of people that probably never saw. The Mondas coming close to Earth they probably never experienced Cybermen sort of appearing elsewhere around the globe or anything like that so like they're its the invasion itself might have been a little bit limited.
1: But these are scientists yeah. so you know these are not only scientists they're scientists who are traveling to the moon so you know anybody who is, is learning about space travel and that kind of thing anybody who's advanced enough to be working on a Gravitron probably would have learned um, about that because you know they're going to glean as much as they can from 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 every source that they have.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Polly's. Uh Idea, her her solution to sort of uh, not no
1: solution. Ah. I see what you did there.
0: acetone solution to sort of uh, affect the sort of melt the plastic of their chest units, and it results in a very <laughs> gruesome death for these Cybermen.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, obviously we only have the animation. I will be interested <clears throat> to see if we get to see any more of that in uh, in part four. That's actually moving, but the way that it's animated looks pretty gross, in a good way.
0: Yeah, uh, spoilers for Tomb of the Cybermen, also directed by Morris Barry, who directed this. I think they used a similar effect for the Tomb of the Cybermen deaths. Uh, if they did, it's intriguing because there there was big public outcry in Tomb of the Cybermen when when Cybermen died in that way. And I don't remember ever hearing anything about the same thing happening in the Moon base some, you know, just a few months before that. So I'm wondering if perhaps the animators were taking their cues from Tomb of the Cybermen as opposed to how they actually shot it or not. I haven't seen the telesnaps in this for quite some time, you understand, but... um.
1: Uh, I thought it was interesting because I thought it looked kind of weirdly familiar, even though it was animated, and I didn't know why. Probably because I've seen Tomb of the Cybermen, and while I don't remember it very clearly, that must have been an image that sort of subconsciously stuck with me Mm -hmm.
0: you you made uh, a note about uh, some of the cyber voices in this and having trouble with certain certain vowels and consonants
1: specifically the letter g and words that ended in ing like Mm -hmm. that that whole sort of uh, syllable kind of disappeared Right, mm-hmm.
0: There's a reason for that because the, the way that they did the voices for this and then, of course, in, in Tomb of the Cybermen because this is about the only time the Cybermen are consistent in the entire history of the show up until the 1980s is Peter Hawkins, who did all the voices, basically had this metal plate connected to wires <laughs> and he basically had the metal plate up on like on the roof of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't actually say the words, he's mouthing them. And then just sort of, sort of that or sort of that sort of makes the the sounds that it is. And so for some syllables like that's why it says, you know, you will be complete dead like when that da da is because he's basically raising his, you know, having his tongue at the top of his mouth, at the beginning of the D sound, mm-hmm. and then taking it off—that's why he makes that sound. And so, ng, ng, you know, the G yeah. sound. There's no mm-hmm. real way to sort of translate that through to the metal plate in his in his mouth.
1: No, so that's also why it's always yes, ah, uh, <laughs> like yeah. the extra syllable almost at the end.
0: But it, it makes it so effective. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite cyberbul because they just sound so creepy and robotic and mm-hmm. cybernized and.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying these these cybermen. They are effective and scary and yeah, the voice is so inhuman. It's it's neat. Oh, and, and the, there was one other thing I forgot to mention in our previous episode about episode <laughs> 2. Uh because episode 2 was not animated and episode 1 had been animated and we saw I think like animation of the um Virus, like the black lines of the virus taking somebody over. And I just assumed that was, you know, poetic license with the animation. And then in episode two, we actually see a close-up on somebody's hand and the black lines, like, going along their hand. And I don't know how they did it, but it looked really good.
0: I think it was animation. I was thinking it actually took a still of a hand, basically, and just sort of, like, animated the little lines, I think, is how they did it. It was a short shot so they could get away with doing that in the short amount of time they had. Because, as I said before, this is being produced Ah, uh, one week before broadcast, but mm-hmm. the the pre-film stuff obviously done at the very beginning of the production,
1: yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then to see you know these these poor fellows being marched around with the black lines all yeah. over their faces and stuff it's and and yeah, the now we know what the weird like golf ball looking helmets it do for the guys in the other room it's very sonic radiation that will drive them insane within 12 hours uh which you know it it gives a nice uh excuse for the cybermen to just say well oh that's not a problem at all because Mm. they'll be done before then and then they will be disposed (laughs) of
0: whoa dark uh, They also sort of explained. Oh, they they made comment about Jamie being in the the Simon made comment about the Jamie being in the room, saying, "Oh, he hasn't been his head. his head or something like that." And and also because he didn't hadn't had the you know he wasn't being converted or or. Mm-hmm poisoned i guess like the rest of them were I, mean, I guess that's probably why they left him there
1: well i think they were going to give him the the poison or whatever right. until polly said oh no you know don't hurt him he's he's right. sick he's been injured he hurt his head and they were like oh well you know obviously whatever it is they're going to do to people the converting like requires uh, someone's head and brain to be in in good shape mm-hmm. and so if you've been knocked on the noggin you're you're kind of useless to them
0: yeah mm-hmm. Fairly ineffectual episode for the doctor himself. He just sort of sneaks around and turns a knob and then the Simon discover it and turn it back. And it all it does is sort of delay them more. But apart from that, he doesn't do a lot in this episode.
1: I noticed that. I, I, he hasn't really done a whole ton in any of this. I don't feel like this is a super strong doctor story except for, you know, trying to discover uh, the virus mm-hmm. and mostly failing and then coming up with it with a sugar so like you know he has he has a couple moments of very important uh, brilliance but and the thing that i really i really wish that this episode was um moving because mm. what was the deal with him talking to himself was there voiceover and he was answering to voiceover what
0: yes that is a super rare uh, time in Doctor Who where we hear like inner thoughts Whoa. and to actually sort of like rehearse it so that Trouton is... This is another reason why Troughton's sort of like on the level a little bit more and that's because he sort of has to be. He can't really, you know, improvise around the lines cause he's, and he nails it mm-hmm. like when he's hearing it because in those days the audio, like all the the sound effects and music that you hear were played back into the studio because that's how they actually play them back onto them onto the master tape they played him in all live so he's doing that live he's hearing his own pre-recorded track and then talking in the in the breaks like that
1: that is just mind-blowing to me yeah um i mean it's just it, the first thing that i think of is knowing that uh I guess supposedly at least some of the rules for writing the doctor in like the Virgin new adventures and stuff. One of the, one of the, the, the things that, the tenants was that you are not allowed to show the doctor's inner thoughts. Like you can't write from his, like the perspective of in his mind, right. um, or at least you weren't supposed to, I guess. And this is, this is exactly that we are hearing the doctor's inner monologue, I guess well it's an inner monologue and an outer dialogue (laughs) it's it's, It's it's, a
0: conversation with himself essentially
1: man yeah this that's i had no idea that that was a thing it's just that like this it changes my view of doctor who (laughs) in a good way it's amazing there's always more to learn it's pretty cool
0: it's pretty cool. That's a great thing about watching uh, episodes that you've never seen before. You can sort of discover things. And then I can also discover things again for the first time because I'm not as familiar with with some of the missing episodes as uh, as I am with some of the ones that exist that I've mm-hmm. been watching since I was eight years old.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm fascinating,
0: just fascinating. Isn't it though? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode the cybermen are marching up on the moon base and it all ends in a, mm-hmm. an exciting cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, when they were coming out of the the cyber ship like they just kept coming and I was like jeepers, that's a lot of cybermen. That's that's a good cliffhanger. They built
0: nine outfits wow. for this episode and uh it it I don't know if this began a tradition or continued a tradition. I don't know where it started, but they To to sort of, in a way, kind of test them about the public, they wandered out outside Ealing Film Studios and just, like, see how the public would react to them. And so there's a bunch of photos of, uh, I think, them waiting for a bus. (laughs) Um, I think a dog perhaps uh, stumbled upon one and took a leak on it as dogs <laughs> are want to do. So there's there's a few uh, amusing photos out there that were sort of taken by the press and, and by the BBC uh, publicity department to sort of help introduce the the new costume, the Cybermen, and sort of, you know, mm-hmm. per, uh, prepare their... Their return and stuff like that. So, yeah, I remember watching, looking at those and go, there are nine costumes. They wouldn't make nine cyber costumes today. They'd make like four or five and then duplicate them essentially digitally. So the fact that they actually made nine brand new cyber costumes uh, is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, that's, and, and they're pretty impressive looking. I kind of can't wait for episode four to see them in actuality again although I'm very tired so we're not doing that tonight or I'll
0: fall asleep you saw my hopeful look in my- uh, no.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean to get your hopes up yeah. don't worry it'll be soon
0: yeah because very because you know we're off a little bit over the next few days so mm-hmm. it's time to catch up on some some because you know we I, we've had comments from from listeners that have uh, either have been following along as we've been putting out episodes or some people have sort of discovered this podcast uh, and thank you, by the way, for discovering this podcast And But thanks to our sort of sporadic release rate Because mm-hmm. that's what the show's all about mm-hmm. um, They've caught up with where we are now So we, we almost feel compelled to try and keep going a little more
1: Yeah, almost <laughs> it's, Almost It's in the title, people
0: <laughs> It's in the title, but I like watching Doctor Who That's the thing that well, it's, I, I, I look forward to watching these episodes with you Which is why we do this podcast
1: yeah, it is pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep it as low pressure as possible because pressure is what kills you.
0: That's true. That's why I'm laying down this pledge right now that every single day of 2018, we will be doing an episode of Lazy. We won't be doing a Lazy episode of Doctor.
1: I would I would quit immediately. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, the more pressure, the less, the less I want to do this. When I feel free be able to do it whenever yeah yep that's when it happens
0: it, it actually does that's very true dear listener i should just walk around and hold an iphone in front of you that has the episode playing says what are you thinking what are you thinking <laughs> eventually it just become live commentaries essentially if you watching the episode for the first time that'll be episodes no we won't do that either well they'll be the same insight and whimsy as you've come to expect mm-hmm. uh from this show but anyway Next episode's episode. Is there anything else about episode three you want to talk about? Just so we don't have to spend half of episode four talking about the stuff you forgot about talking about in episode three.
1: I probably will remember just as I'm about to fall asleep.
0: <laughs> as per usual.
1: <laughs> yep, pretty much.
0: All right then, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.